With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you want legendary service. If you, you want, want sweeter discounts. Trap under Linwick and Shira. See what it's all about. Switch to insurance. Get a quote and save by bundling auto and home with insurance. Hello, listeners. It's a gameplay pod. It's week 33 and it is now team of the season. And we're coming up to what is considered the most competitive weekend of FIFA, really in the calendar, probably since the start of the game. So interested to see how that goes. And we'll have some advice for you on this podcast, including from foot legend Airjapes FIFA. Hello. How are we? Uh, I am good. I would be better if I, you know, when I saw the team of the season schedule, La Liga might be bumped up by just a little bit. Uh, it seems a long, long way to wait. But I guess there were some La Liga cards included in community. So, yeah, you know, that's true. you got yeah, yeah. to smile where you get a smile, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And we also have with us, of course, expert on gameplay, Neil Guides. Hello, welcome back. Hello, thank you for having me on again. Oh, it's good to have you on. And also talking of gameplay experts, we have top NA player Hubert. Hello, Hugh. Hello, thank you for having me again. Uh, looking forward to getting in some team of the season discussion. Yeah, exactly. There will be some because we're going to do player reviews first. Obviously, content podcast this week, which is a supporter episode, has more team of the season chats. But next week on the main feed, we'll have Premier League team of the season. So... Plenty to look forward to on that front. Let's start with some of these reviews then. And Japes, uh, it's not a team this season, but someone you've been looking at using for a while. Yeah, so uh, I've been using the like mid Thierry Henry for a very long time, and it all of a sudden became crystal clear this weekend. He was no longer going to cut it. Mm. So I kind of reworked my attack a little bit, with it, which also meant that Garincha had to head to the bench, which I'm a little bit bummed about mm. because he's still quite good and very, very usable. But I brought on the 92-rated Future Stars striker version of Ferran Torres. Ah, and yeah. he is a monster. Yeah. 
When he first came out, he was easily over a million coins and he's just been on a steady decline. I sort of looked it up and I was like, oh, 400K, I can mm -hmm. do that, no problem. Uh, and with the Hawk chemistry style, he's got all the stats that you want, especially the type of player that I like to have where you can cross six feet tall. Uh, with a Hawk, he gets to 99 jumping, 95 strength, 91 heading accuracy, 99 for positioning, finishing, shot power, and already default has over 90 in all of the dribbling stats. Just a really, really fun card to use. Yeah, we've talked about this before, how tall players often can benefit from having a lean body type, and he has that, doesn't he? So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's nice. Feels good on the ball. Yeah, well, yeah, actually, all his dribbling stats are above 90, which is nice. Yeah, he's they're like close control uh, using LB and the, what is it, the agile control using RB. Like, yep. just excellent with both of them. Yeah, nice. Um, a good way to start things off. Now, Hugh, I know you've used... A lot of team of the season players. <laughs> um, you what? Did you build a full Air Divisi team? Is that right? I did. I, I got all the Air Divisi team of the seasons, other than Graven Birch and the objective player Maro Junior. So I've got everyone else. The whole team together was like, I don't know, like five hundred k. So you know, pretty cheap for like a full team of the season team mm. that I can probably sell off for maybe a tax loss. Not a big deal at this stage, and I'll probably just keep doing that throughout the cycle, just kind of buying the full off-league team and using oh, them. Yeah, nice idea. Who would you say was the unexpected star in that team or who did better than you expected? And also who was just the standout? Maybe Timber, perhaps? Yeah, I definitely like Timber. Um, just having that shorter defender feels really nice that even though his pace relative to the cycle isn't as high as it once was, it's he's still a really good card. Just like so responsive, you know, being that shorter player, it's almost like using like a Conte or something in a as a center back. Um, really mm. nice to have that like super agile, um, quick movements, especially because I'm playing um, three at the back formation. So he plays right center back. So he's mostly dealing with like wingers and stuff like that. So it's pretty useful for that. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I would, I would definitely say Anthony's a good one. I've liked the Cody Yakpo uh, a fair bit. He's not oh, yeah, yeah. amazing, but he's kind of like a, a striker's body and a winger. Like he has pretty good shot power, you know, decent bit of strength as well. Um, so I've been enjoying him as well. He's been a little surprising. Yeah, six for two, isn't he? That is a surprise. Uh, let me move on to, because this very much relates, the review I was going to give. And people may have heard, I think I mentioned that I've used the Vieira just for four games, um, the prime moments to try him out, even put a shadow on him. I wasn't massively impressed, but Matt was saying he really liked him. I've now used Team of the Season Sangare quite extensively and... He's better. He's basically like an, I don't know, Optimus Prime moments Vieira. His stats demonstrate this as well. I mean, obviously, he's got a similar size, same work rate. And for me, it's the plus seven defensive awareness that Sangare has. The fact he has 99 interceptions, which means really you don't necessarily need to boost the defensive stats. And I went for a catalyst on him to boost his passing up to a 96 short and 97 long, which puts it a fair bit above Vieira. And then also he has 99 acceleration, which Vieira can't get to. Key thing for me in terms of on the ball and also in 50-50s is his 88 balance, which is a plus seven on Vieira as well. He feels very smooth on the ball. He's able to just kind of auto-tackle players almost. He's got the jumping to compete excellently in the air. He's got the aggression. He's got the stamina so he can do it all game. And I've just been super, super impressed. He's someone that I want to work into my team longer term. And it has been easier because I was very lucky to get a red champs Zaha in one of my two picks. And I think Zaha is very good. The price isn't low at the moment. It might come down as we get alternatives. 
he's very slippery on the ball. Really good as well in terms of his strength and ability to hold off players. He seems to score headers. Uh, I've really liked him a lot, but his shooting just feels quite inconsistent even when you max boost his shooting. So I don't know whether he's really a striker type player, even though he's got that physicality. I think it might be something to do with his dribbling animations. His unique body type just doesn't quite seem to um, shoot the way you necessarily think he's going to. But maybe with some uh, getting used to him, it'll uh, work out okay. Tried a number of different chem styles and still wasn't so happy with the shooting. Especially because I think you do want to boost his passing. It's still decent, but you know it is a very important stat and it's one of his lowest areas. But yeah, I've been very impressed with him two and there we go two ivory coast players maybe a few more ivory coast players to come as well but uh, neil who are you uh, wanting to highlight this week so actually i just thought i'll play that the first weekend league or so just with regular players to see like how i keep up mm. and how regular players really do keep up without the team in the season but to be honest fair play to yeah, he's actually a lot of good cards um i seen a graven birch card but one card i actually want to use is kakare i believe that's how you say his name mm -hmm. if i'm mistaken please correct me um but yeah i i really like him um i used him I normally play Hakimi in CDM, so I normally play uh, someone as right back. And um, although he is, even with Shadow, he's still got 92 sprint speed, so it's still a bit too slow for a, a right back, left back, in my opinion, especially against team in the season players. Um, but it's definitely a card I'm looking forward to. He's actually a really good CDM. I liked him. Good agility and balance as well. Yeah, so I assume that's the team of the year, Hakimi, you're switching into midfield, yeah? Yeah, so how I normally do it is I have both Cancelo and team of the year, Hakimi. So, um, I play Cancel either striker or Cam because with a finisher, he's really, really good. So I got I got Atal as right mid. Basically, it's all, teams all over the place, but I start Atal as a right mid. So sometimes he goes uh, to left back. Right, right. So right. I normally move Cancelo and Akimi to CDM, and that means someone's got to play right back. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, right now, I did have Kakare, um, and he was all right, but I just think that he was kind of losing his pace, especially coming towards the end now with that slow sprint speed but i think maybe this card mm. might be a, might do a bit of a better job yeah, so yeah. it's a see it's a card that i actually, you know you know one of those cards that you play that sometimes the stats don't feel it's still a good really, really good card but sometimes you doubt about the sprint speed but then when you play with him you actually really like him yeah, it's one yeah. of those cards it's kind of like you forgive him for the mistakes that he makes because he does so good in other areas mm. yeah he's got some stunning stats team season kakare and leon have a lot of good options to link with as well one thing I was just going to uh, mention is I had a few requests to go through teams and do want to do that, but I think uh, it might be tricky to fit it into this episode. Uh, we'll see how much time we have. But I did want to quickly uh, go through tactics and just ask what people are uh, using at the moment. Change things slightly myself or I'm preferring different formations perhaps to what I was preferring before team of the season. Uh, Neil, uh, what are you tending to use at the moment? So I did have to add in like a 4-3-3, one with the two CDMs, just to have like a countermeasure against uh, constant pressure should I say yeah, yeah because I know especially at this stage of the game it's a really really sweaty game and I think every game is going to be tough there's no like before you had a quick easy game it's not going to be like that anymore so I added that in and I just kind of increased the depth if I if I was playing a bit on new gen because I don't like my defensive line too far back mm, that makes and sense. Uh, that's pretty much it there's nothing else I've really changed vigorously I've kind of just added a bit more of try hard tactics back to the 4 2 3 one and then the 4 3 3 for the defensive variation. Yeah, nice. Okay. And then, I mean, James, you've been pretty consistent with everything. I guess you haven't made any particular tactical changes this weekend, but was there anything, I don't know, you found yourself doing maybe to I don't know, counter the more committed way people were playing? I found it interesting. I think it was a bit of a difference this weekend. I think this weekend I recognized there are things that I should be changing. Okay. The tempo and uh, like the timeline of the game kind of shifted. I found for like usually I would say I get some like early goals. This weekend, I found that it would be like pretty even 
through like even the first half. And as soon as I made changes starting in the 60th minute, you know, replace like my attackers, I was like the floodgates would open mm. and the match might go from like 2-2 or 1-1 to all of a sudden I'd be winning like 5-1. Mm. And so I, I'm not sure if that's like uh, uh, the, this, the more aggressive defensive style that somebody that some of these uh, foot players might be using or if it's down to like a higher pressure tactic, which seems to be getting increasingly common now mm. that stamina bars are going through the roof. Essentially what I found is people doing that, but I felt it was because they were very much trying to get the game ended. I think there were people who haven't been playing much, weren't so interested, are just wanting to collect Team of the Season cards, basically, and not so committed to playing the game, at least not in finals. And they were playing quite high pressure, trying to get the games finished. They didn't have many players from recent promos, and uh, it made for quite a different dynamic. I was either uh, getting relatively quick wins, actually, this was playing on Friday night, or it would be the opposite, and I'd be chasing a game and would eventually find that I could come back later on because their stamina was drained, which is something that's worth looking out for, actually. You know, keep your head and you can come back into it uh, later in the game. Um, Hugh, what would you be recommending to people who may be facing a slightly more competitive style of play over this team of the season period? You know, I think overall, especially when the game's really sweaty, just like try to stick to what you know and what you're good at. Now is not really the time to be experimenting with like new tactics or things like that. Or if you do, maybe like try them in rivals or something first. Um, just because I think with how hard people, some people are trying, it can just be a little overwhelming if, you know, you get into a certain position and expect a player to be there for a pass and then they're not there and you give it away and now you're getting countered. Keep that in mind, you know, that there are a lot of people who are trying really hard. So if you're going for the top rewards, um, you know, you're going to have to really focus and like try to stick to what you're good at rather than, you know, trying to overhaul your gameplay mid weekend league or something like that. To be fair, most of the games that I've played, so normally when I play weekend league, I have a really like really relaxed approach. And normally I trust my ability to come to just win the game, even when I'm not playing too well. Mm. But this weekend league, I've had, I think ev almost every single game I've been so relaxed. I've been going down one or two nil. And a couple of things I want to mention is what Jape said is it's actually very true. I've actually brought, I was bringing on Mkhitaryan <laughs> and I was also bringing on um, the OG Corona. Yeah. And they've been actually making such a big difference for 60, 70 minutes. It could be that everyone just, do you know what I think has happened as well? Because everyone is struggling in a weekend league because I think everyone is trying hard. People, like as you said, think their tactics are not working and they're just going to, let me start pressing more tactics. This is what I think is happening, basically. Mm, it's funny, I saw a lot of narrow formation, which I hadn't seen for a while. I don't know if you noticed anything particularly from a tactics perspective. I've seen a lot of I've I've seen a lot of three five twos as usual. Um, I haven't seen that many um, narrows just as yet, to be honest. But um, I think they're just sitting a lot deeper. I think that's the problem because mm. everyone is trying to get those wins. Um, but I haven't seen too much of narrow, to be honest with you. I don't know about you guys. I've not. I've seen like one player that I played. That is interesting. Did you play your games on Friday? When when did you play most of your games? So I played three on Friday and I played uh, six. No, sorry, four. I believe yesterday or five. I can't remember. I think. I was on a win streak and then I lost. And I was, after I lost, I was like, yeah, it's time to go to bed. It's like 5 a.m. now. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny talking about the narrow. I think the nice thing was the people who were using it were people who hadn't played the game for a bit, I reckon, because it was more popular a little while back. But now, you know, using, say, Japes 3412, I've been using the 3421 as well. You can really counter it pretty effectively, especially if you're the better player. Switching to, say, the 3421 is going to 
um, make it pretty comfortable. Just make sure you don't have your uh, center mids bombing on much at all. Have them on stay back and, you know, you'll probably be fine. Just make sure you have, you know, all right defenders in the wide positions too. Um, let's talk more actual gameplay kind of mechanics and things like that then because um, we have, I'm sure, a few tips to share on these things. Um, I wanted to start off with, uh, I guess, a more player-related question to, to feed us into it. Um, Joe here asking, I know it's been covered on various different pods, the importance of aggression and defensive awareness. Are there any other underrated stats the guests feel are important, but not necessarily uh, considered meta? I think it's a, a good question because especially around team of the season, you see a lot of stats going very high and um, uh, certain things perhaps become pretty similar on a lot of players. But it's interesting to think about what are the stats that people maybe do underrate. Um, and I think one that I can get out there very quickly because we do talk about it a lot, so I probably won't dwell on it. But reaction is definitely really important, especially I would say for centre-backs, for any player that is going to need to react to the ball quickly, but particularly when you're not controlling them, uh, clearing the ball out of a dangerous area and things like that. I was noticing uh, the Tadebo team of the season, his... Reactions are only 82, which I think is pretty poor. He's not going to feel as good as you know an elite centre-back. Someone like Laporte have like you know, 95 plus reactions. So players like that are going to be ones that feel like top-end centre-backs, whereas he probably won't because of that stat. So uh, that's something to mention. Are there any others that people want to bring forward? Hugh, let's start with you. What would you say? With more defensive players, I would say don't overlook dribbling stats in general, just because especially like as we've talked about with constant pressure being so good that having defenders who are not liabilities on the ball is really helpful. Mm. Like when I talk about like Timber only being five foot 10, he has pretty good dribbling. So like if, if he has the ball and someone's trying to press him, he could easily sidestep around a challenge and then carry the ball into midfield, make someone else step out. And then, you know, we have open players everywhere. So like, I think that's really useful and underrated aspect, especially with breaking presses that having defenders that can dribble and not, someone who's just like 60 something dribbling and like can barely move on the ball, not even just the pace, but just like being able to control the ball. Well, so if you're being passed to under pressure that they can control the ball and not give it away. So I definitely would recommend looking at those. And then I guess on the flip side, I really don't look at slide tackle, like, cause I'm just never slide tackling mm. that. Like, especially with like, yeah. when you're looking at chem styles that like, sometimes it'll be like plus 15 slide tackle. So it's like, how useful is this actually? Like when it gives you, the big boost arrow and you think, Oh, I'm getting the biggest boost, but is it to the stats you actually need mm. or is it just like something nice to have? Yeah. You're absolutely right on that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, let's move on to Japes. What would you say in terms of a stat that gets underrated? Ben, you know, I love my reaction stat mm. increasingly though. I'm finding aggression is like one of my favorite stats to look at. So that, you know, that Luis Suarez card that was released, where they bumped him to the five-star weak foot. He also has 97 aggression. And increasingly in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, like, how can I get an entire 11 of players with over 95 aggression out there? It just suits my style really, really well. And I find those players oftentimes end up in positions that I really, really want them to be in because they're, you know, they're actively trying to participate and take the ball away. So that for me is mm -hmm. like a, a stat that goes wildly underlooked i feel like you often say vision actually like uh, one that you've said quite a few times but not said enough maybe as much as as um, some other stats like aggression it, it depends how you play vision the way i see it no pun intended is <laughs> uh basically like how 
easy is it for a player to like not only make like a first time pass but like to not be facing the direction Mm. that they need to be facing to make the pass and usually i do a pretty good job of squaring my player up to where i want them to pass the ball sometimes it's easy for opponents to predict that so when you're attacking mid has a high vision stat and your two cms in the three four one two that i play like that tends to matter more and more at this point in the game when your opponents are very easily able to close players down because they have a bunch of players with really high pace uh, and they can chase at you quickly and you're not going to always be able to turn and face the direction that you want to pass yeah because my understanding of the way that that works is it's almost like with short passing and long passing that's going to dictate the kind of accuracy of the pass you're pointing it in a specific direction towards a player and how accurate that uh, action is going to be is dictated by that but in terms of the vision that's kind of how if you're slightly off balance or off angle for the pass a player with high vision is going to be able to do that better and it's going to add a significant amount to those existing short and long passing stats so yeah that is a good one and what would you say neil sorry we've left you for the dregs here but <laughs> no no that's perfect as hubert was saying it's not just also the ability to maneuver when you're under pressure it's also the ability to press quicker the agility balance is very very important especially for defending with the run and jockey and i think as time goes on, people will realize this. So I cannot play with someone who's got low agility balance. That means Varan. I know I know. Uh, mm. Jake's a big fan of Varan, but Jake... I am not a big fan of Varan. Oh, you're not? I thought you were. <laughs> no, so apologies, I, I apologies. did not do Varan and thought he was insanely overpriced for what you were getting. He was, he was. And uh, <laughs> to be honest, I can't go without good agility balance now. It's so, so... I think once you're used mm. to it, something that you don't know you need... And then when you don't have it, it's a headache. There's so many chances I'm defending. I'm like, you know what? I can get away with this because I got a fullback or I got Tommy Yasu instead of that. I got Walker with that. I got the moments Walker, not the road to the final. Was it road to the final, I believe? Because he hasn't got the GLT hmm. balance upgrade. So I kept the team of the year nominee, should I say, rather. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yes, yeah, so a GLT balance probably the, probably the most important thing, if not the second most important. Because I always found that when you're going to tackle, if someone runs into you anyway, you're still going to get the ball regardless. Um, but I'd rather have really, really high agility balance. That way I can jockey faster and maneuver quicker. Because especially against the ball scoopers, if you make a mistake, you need that agility balance to recover. And that's kind of my logic behind it. And I'll be honest, it's the only thing I look at now. Agility balance really takes precedent over most things apart from pace. That's interesting. I used, as I was saying, Sangare after using Vieira's loan for a bit. And I was amazed how obvious the, I think it's only like plus seven balance or something like that. But that is the biggest difference. Vieira actually has better... Uh, ball control and dribbling I believe but that balance stat just made such a difference to how Sangari felt on the ball defensively it helped but just going forward to kind of add the other aspect to this balance is is huge because you don't get those like weird animations where the player just slightly tilts as they're trying to do things and I noticed this as well when I took engine off Cruyff so he got minus 10 balance essentially he's only got 78 this is the base version of Cruyff and it made such a big difference, again, to his ability to kind of maintain the ball under pressure. You know, he's got good dribbling stats, he's got good composure, um, but that was huge. I'd also say the other thing, and it's mainly because actually chemistry styles just don't really boost it. There are very few um, that do, is ball control. And it makes such a big difference in terms of your build-up if your players can't control the ball properly, obviously. Um, but people don't realise even chemistry styles like finisher, which give a plus three you know, chevron boost to shooting and dribbling, actually do not boost ball control at all 
Um, it's why Japes and I are such big fans of Marksman because it gives plus 10 ball control, I reckon. And there's a few other chem styles that do boost it, but they're not the ones you typically use. So that's definitely something to look out for. We've probably talked enough about stats, even though I could talk about it more. So let's take a break and we'll be back to talk more gameplay mechanic tips, things like that. Hello, listener. A quick reminder or perhaps the first time learning that foot weekly strangely for quite some time wasn't able to be weekly but fortunately a listener encouraged me to start a patron and that means that foot weekly is now sustainable not only is it sustainable there are two podcasts every week one of which is for supporters you can get that for just three pounds a month as well as supporting the pod and keeping it going you can also on the tiers above get access to the discord community which is a fantastic place full of tips and a great group of people if any of that interests you you'd like to contribute and you'd like loads of perks in return then do head over and search support for weekly to make your pledge you can also follow uh, the link in the description of the pod or you could go to bit.ly slash more pod if you do consider it then a huge huge thank you it really does mean it a lot and if you are supporting then a huge thank you to you too let's get back into the pod so getting back into it after the break, let's start off with this question from Soviet Neil. He says, any thoughts about cutbacks? I find double tap X-Pass, as James mentioned, the most consistent way to get it across goal as driven or normal X-Passes or A-Passes on Xbox always seem to get blocked by the AI. Or am I just timing them wrong? I do play opponents that get those other pass types through. So do I just need to be more patient? Only thing is I find second man press could make that tricky as waiting a millisecond longer to release the pass often results in you getting ambushed and bodied off the ball. Any tips, welcomes? I play a 3-4-2-1 so I have a lot of bodies and options to aim for. Would just be nice to finish off moves more consistently. A good question, Hugh. What would you recommend? I would say if, it, if you're ever in a situation where your player in the box, like on the byline, doesn't have any sort of defensive pressure, like no one's coming out towards them, then just do a player lock because you don't have to worry about the AI messing anything up because, you know, there, there's no one like actively trying to win the ball back. And then you just control the player you want to get open and move them. And then the pass is almost always pinpoint accuracy. And it's pretty easy. Mm. If you are being chased, sometimes you can even kind of stop briefly and then go again like it just like giving that pause kind of sometimes makes people adjust and move out of the way and then you go again and then they move back um, really just anything to kind of you know make little movements to maybe adjust where a defender goes and just waiting for that opportunity sometimes you kind of just have to hit a driven pass and just hope mm. it finds its way through and sometimes it does which is kind of scummy at times but yeah it works oh, that's a good recommendation um yeah japes what positions do you because obviously, we know, you like to do a cross. Do you not do crosses once you're actually in the box? Like, is there a certain point at which you're like, actually, yeah, I'm not going to be crossing it at this point, and I'm going to be doing a more kind of cutback type goal? Sometimes I'll use, like, the fancy crosses. Like, if I just want to, like, kind of flip it up in the air, and I'm usually I'm in, like, the lead if I'm doing that and having a bit of fun. I would say more often than not, though, I cross from the, like, top corners of the box. If I get into the box, unless a player is wide open, I find that I oftentimes pick the wrong player. So I don't use the crossing mechanic as mm. much in those situations. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And when you say fancy crosses, do you mean like the modifiers? So like you could press... Yeah, the modifier. Mm. So like L1 for the lofted one. And then are you yep. doing flare? Yeah, do a little Robona cross, something like oh, that. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. But basically you wouldn't be doing a regular cross 
once you get sort of into the the box in the cutback range, basically. Unless you're playing against me, in which case I might do them. <laughs> yeah, good point. Any listeners out there? Maybe you never know. Now that I'm playing next gen, you know it, it could happen. So. Oh no, it is gonna happen. <laughs> oh no. Oh yeah, that, I'm sure you'll probably end up playing each other. We usually point. do. Actually, uh, slightly off-topic tangent. We'll come back to this in a second, but might as well give you the opportunity to say to anyone out there, maybe playing on old gen, how are you finding it on next gen? Japes and I've been playing it very consistently since the start of this cycle, but I know you're uh, a more recent switcher over, if you like. Uh, any any thoughts particularly? Next gen is definitely like a more realistic football soccer simulator in terms of like the graphics, the movements, things like that. I think if you're really wanting to play FIFA as like a, I am a fan of this sport and I want to get a more or less authentic game of that sport, then it's probably, you know, what you want. I think old gen is probably a little more arcadey, but I think it can also be a bit more consistent with certain gameplay um, elements in terms of just knowing what to expect and things like that. In my opinion, I think Mm. I probably have more fun playing on old gen I just want to try to get more used to new, new gen for next year. Hopefully it's a little better in that sense. Mm. It does take a bit of a, an adjustment. It's not too drastically different. Really, the only complaint I have with next gen in particular is that the defenses are just so deep naturally. Like even if you don't tell them, it's like I, I keep saying in the discord, it's Simeone simulator, mm. but it's just uh, it can be a bit excessive at times, you know, like seven, eight players all in the box and the two strikers even on high depth, they're like 30 yards from goal. And it just, it can be a bit much. I would say that's accurate. But it's not something that I like realize always. Mm. Does that make well, sense? I notice it more or get frustrated with it more when I'm defending because actually it's very annoying that the fence drops so deep. I keep having to press the offside trap. You basically end up in a situation where because your opponent maybe has some getting behind instructions on the forwards or direct passing, it means that your defense gets really pushed back and there's massive space in front for your opponent to just play it into the box, then turn and shoot, which is really, yeah, really frustrating. Uh, I mean, that's how you open it up from a, a kind of offensive perspective as well. And really, I haven't found it too much of a problem defensively, actually. It's really uh, when I'm defending that it, it's a problem. Uh, Neil, sorry, going back to the original question, tips on uh, cutbacks? What I find is, as you said on new gen, it's a bit easier. I used to the defensive line, they sit a bit deeper. Mm. So I think the space opens up for the midfielders, the cams, the center mids. So if you put get in behind, I'm sorry, get inside the box for a cross, for your center mids and your cams, those last minute runners do help. Yeah. Um, I normally do L1 triggers. So if I know I've got no one with me while I'm running down the wing, uh, once I'm coming towards close to the byline or basically parallel to the defensive line, I might start doing L1 triggers to pushing pushing players inside the box. And then what I'd say is in the beginning, just kind of go with a kind of like a hope and pray kind of pass because the game actually assists your pass nine times out of 10. Um, and I realized I was playing against a guy, right? And I said to myself, there's no way on earth this guy's actually aiming for these areas. So in the beginning, just kind of force it because you're going to see your players are unmarked. But by the time you make the pass, those small micro moves where they move backwards or forwards, it gives them the space. So I'll say when you're down the byline and if you're not sure, just for the first couple of times, just spam the pass button and just see roughly about where the players are moving. And over time, you're going to start to notice patterns. When is a player going to start running backwards? When they're going to go forward? When they're going to leave their defender? And I think that's kind of the way to, to learn when to use it, in my opinion. But I think you just kind of have to go through that mental barrier of like, okay, you know what, there's no one really available, but just force it anyway, just to see. 
that's kind of the best advice I can give you. And I'll say elbow and triggers and also the center mids on getting to the box for a cross. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, I would actually also add that I quite like pressing almost, you were talking about using the L1 trigger to get people to go into the box, but actually sometimes if I'm around the byline looking to cut it back before I plan to, I'll press um, R1 or RB to call a player towards you. And I find that does help if you don't feel like your player is going to get free making a run, posting up essentially towards you is going to help a lot uh, in terms of freeing up the player. I'll also say a few people have mentioned on the pod previously, for example, doing like a lacroqueta and then pressing pass while you do it just to create a bit of space. You can kind of make passes during skill moves basically and it, it can give you that edge on the defender just to get around them and play the pass, I suppose. So that could be something people want to consider as well. Um, here's another question, very much gameplay mechanic related. This one is from Cordus Hawk. He says, is there any way to stop the constant bounce backs when tackling? Um, are there certain types of tackles that have a, say, higher success rate? I find myself winning the ball back over and over just to give it um, to the next player um, over and over again. Uh, well, actually, James, have you found this much of an issue this cycle? I know it's been something that in the past we've got a lot of questions on. I'd say perhaps less so this cycle, actually. It's definitely better than previous cycles. I would say the times that it happens now don't feel like as outrageous either if that makes sense mm. there there's one instance where i was using the uh showdown um sergio canales which by the way is a 97 rated cm in game with the basic chemistry style uh Ooh. after his upgrade hot tip and he sort of just like nicked the ball back kind of quickly but it was like it only happened because my opponent tried to do something kind of dumb mm. So I like it didn't feel unrealistic to me, but had it been a previous cycle of FIFA, I would have been more inclined to be like, here we go again. Yeah. And I, like it just it doesn't feel that unrealistic to me, at least on next gen. Yeah, I know what you mean. Certainly, you know, I can only speak to next gen, but compared to past cycles where it's been like really frustrating. I haven't found that so much. And I know it's something that actually I think they put in the, the notes for this game saying we've made a real concerted effort essentially to stop these from happening. But there are, I guess, some ways that you can avoid it. And that's maybe going in for tackles at specific times that are going to help kind of avoid that happening. Is that right, Neil? Is that the only good way to avoid it? I think, think I can't really prove, but I could say this is more of going to be like a, my thoughts as opposed to actually proves it. Put on the tinfoil hat. But, <laughs> but so, so don't quote me if it doesn't work for you. But no, Honestly, duality balance, I found that does make a bit of a difference because I, I think it's the way you also go into a tackle. One of the biggest tips I can give for most of you, uh, the listeners is that I predominantly, when I teach people to play FIFA, I say the first way is learn without tackling. Let them come to you. And what I find is a lot of the time is if you use the running jockey or the jockey and you, let, and you kind of let them walk into you, I find, although it sounds crazy, there's a less of a chance of a rebound. I think when you go in with like a velocity towards a tackle, for some reason, and as Jabe said, they've actually made a big improvement this year. I don't see it that much, to be honest. I, to be honest, there's still a game here and there where like maybe one out of, I don't know, three games that I might have it at one point in the game. Maybe I might concede a goal from it, which is probably what causes the biggest disarray in my head. But I think the key thing is, is A, it's timing, and it's B, it's about how you go in towards the ball. And I find that if you don't tackle and kind of just run and jockey into them, I find that you don't get a rebound, but you kind of take the ball along with you or the ball doesn't rebound as much. Hmm. So that's what I would say. That's kind of my advice as opposed to tackling. I do still tackle quite a lot. 
Um, but mm. that's what I realized personally. That's why I suggest mm. to most people. Yeah, that's definitely fair. I think the frustration is always, isn't it, when it goes back to the player themselves who you've tackled, because obviously you can say, well, if you're getting in situations where the ball's going back to your opponent, then it might just be that you're tackling in a spot where, let's say, there is actually an opposition player behind the player you're tackling, so it's likely to go to them. But in my view, that isn't that frustrating compared to it literally going back to the player who you have tackled, which can happen. But yeah, interested to know from you, Hugh, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, first of all, I would add that I believe the balance stat, I'm not totally sure if this is like changed at all, but from some time ago when they actually used to list somewhere, like maybe it was pro clubs or a career mode or something, it listed what every set actually did. And I believe that balance was supposed to be your ability in like 50-50 situations, like shoulder to shoulder type things. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess it could make sense that, you know, after you've made the tackle and it's technically like a loose ball, like no one actually has possession that then it kind of becomes that 50-50 situation. And then the balance helps you you know, get the ball. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Kind of like what Neil was saying, like, don't quote me on that, but it, it could make sense. I think that that could be a factor, but in terms of tackling similar to what Neil says, I probably mostly just kind of jockey and like move into position. But sometimes if I really want to make sure I win the ball or at least get the ball away from that attacker, I'll hold the right bumper where you do like the harder standing tackle. Mm. Like it's like more of a lunge, but it's more powerful. So even if you don't keep the ball, the ball will not go to the player that you tackled at least like it might fly off to someone else, but at least then it's not like your players on the ground and the guy who you tried to tackle is in on goal. Mm. So I find that fairly useful. Like if I have like a two V one situation where I can afford to have one guy miss a tackle, I'll just do the hard tackle and try to win the ball. And if he misses, then I can just switch to the other player. The other thing I would say is, do you notice, I noticed this, that if I'm say playing friendlies, you and I'm using a, defender who's not very good and my opponent's using say loan Mbappe especially true early in the cycle that is a perfect example of where you'll end up getting caught out by uh, this tackle back situation because your player doesn't have good standing tackle particularly and Mbappe has fantastic reactions and ball control and I feel like you can't underrate the stats element here and that is when it and I think balance is an important stat too and when there is that mismatch, that is when you can really get caught. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I think so. I think you kind of also see that when it's like uh, certain players that are weaker, like lower strength, lower aggression, like a Neymar tackling you versus like an Mbappe. Mm. Maybe a bit more aggressive, but more strength. I think better balance. I think Neymar's balance is like pretty low. Mm. So I think you can kind of notice it in that so those situations as well. One thing I realized as well that I, I saw, I've seen commonly is that People normally get themselves into that situation is because they randomly play very, very aggressively with one defender. Mm. And what that means is with the other defender, they just overcommit and try to go for the tackle when they're not meant to go for it. I think that's why a lot of rebounds happen for more of the casual players. Because when they, I, I always wonder, people say when they watch me, how come you don't get any rebounds? But I think what happens a lot of the time is if you move out with your centre back with one player, you kind of half panic and then you try to force tackle with the other one. And I think that's why sometimes also similarly, the rebounds happen a lot more. So you're kind of going in tackle when you shouldn't be, you should be holding the line or using the running jockey holding the positioning or the space as opposed to going for the tackle. That's one thing I wanted to Yeah, yeah, that's a good Because I think it's fair to say, Neil, the way that you want to defend really is by having uh, a focus on essentially blocking space, right? And actually when you make a tackle, if you are going to go for a stand tackle, you actually want to be kind of 
jockeying relatively planted in one place rather than kind of just coming in to the player semi-running or, or even jockeying fast into them and then tackling you really want to be positioning yourself holding them up and then tackling right when it when it comes to like a higher end and you know when you should tackle it's a bit different yeah okay, but i right. think yeah, yeah. most casual players they just press tackle button way too much than they need to they honest and i think it costs them nine times out of ten because they catch themselves out of position so the key as you said correctly was yes you defend the space first and then I, the way I see a tackle is a bit different. I think running jockey is the way to tackle. But if I need that little bit of oomph to get the ball, then maybe I'll use a tackle button. That's the kind of the way that I do it, personally speaking. If I need to guarantee I'll get that ball or I'll use a tackle or a slide. So I try just to run a jockey first. Well, to be fair, if you're going in with the running jockey to tackle almost, that is, in a way, more focusing on closing down the space than it is actually making the tackle, which is a better and more calculated defensive move. I know, James, you're always doing your aggressive defensive play. Would you say that you run to people and then sort of stand in front of them, wait for them to run into you? How do you tend to, to play it? Uh, it depends. Like if if they've got a perhaps like less agile player and they've specifically like kind of clearly looks like they're going to be turning to one side, I will go in there straight away and hit the tackle button. Mm. If they've shown a tendency to be uh, the type of player that wants to do skills or is like fairly shifty and understands how to use agile dribbling, I am less inclined to go, you know, bull in a china shop, if you will. Mm, sure, you've got to consider how the opposition plays and who they're using as well. Great. I think we'll leave it there for now. I'm sure there are plenty more bits of advice we can give, but there are plenty more weeks of team of the season to give them. Uh, we should say good luck to everyone playing what is going to be a very competitive weekend league or finals this weekend, I'm sure. And if you have any you know, thoughts on gameplay, questions on gameplay, then of course do send them in uh, at footweeklypod, footweeklyatmail.com or however you want to do so. And thank you very much, of course, to Neil for coming on this and giving your expertise. Always appreciated. Thank you very much for having me on, guys. Oh, that's great to have you. And where can people find your YouTube and uh, your own Patreon, in fact, and things like that? Yes, it's a Patreon and YouTube, uh, Neil Guides, N-E-A-L Guides. Um, I think you just type me on Google, you should find me. Or just go, do you know what? Type in neil.gg on your web browser, you can get a link to all my social medias. Neil.gg? Oh. Yes, Neil. N-E-A-L, though, not N-E-I-L. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. Nice. Um, and then we move on to Hugh. Been great to have you on as well. Thanks for your input. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's uh, you know, a good time with uh, Team of the Season gameplay. I'm sure the Discord will be very mm. active with people, you know, talking about their games and you know sharing the rewards and things like that so if you're not in the discord definitely uh, jump in there and we can discuss more yeah a good plug for the gold or above supporters do check that out if you haven't done so already and to japes thank you very much for joining us as always thank you very much ben pleasure as always yeah, and they can find you on twitter of course we should say yes at our japes on twitter nice well that does wrap us up thank you to all you listeners out there tuning in and if you would like to subscribe then please do so you can get a podcast directly into your feed every week via the usual apple podcast spotify google podcast all that good stuff and of course if you would like two podcasts each week then you could sign up for the patron support the pod just three pounds a month and you do get double the content and you're keeping the podcast going just search support foot weekly loads of perks over there and a big thank you to all those supporters keeping the podcast going including those icon patrons dave b coach vass chris w dj fifa player hugh j steve c matt l alistair alan g Anthony R, Dominic, Rob P, L, Jeff B, Christopher R, Stephen F, Michael, Tom B, Damon H, Nick Jack M, Eric T, Roger D, 
Alex M, Dan W, Sila P, Matt H, Harry P, Neil P, Adam G, at Pace of a Tortoise, Brian S, Andrew C, Sam K, Jake G, Michael P, Zach O, Springford, Dominic G, Adam HC, Adam R, Andy H, Joe W, Dylan, Orion B, Mindle L, and Tim J. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W, and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Before I leave you though, just one more thing to add. FIFA is a bit like life really. It has its many ups and its many downs. And if you are having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice and support, or even just a chat available to anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, I'll catch you on the next podcast. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.